0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, family. good morning. Ah, good morning. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what Iswatini is, it's Swaziland. They just changed the name to King Swati's name. So Yeah, but so we are going there. Don't worry. We are going there. Um, This morning, uh, we've got a great privilege of having um, Pastor Carol in our midst. Uh, For those of you who don't know Pastor Carol and Pastor Andrew, they were here, and uh, they've been in ministry since 1989, and they were the ones who actually planted this church. Yeah, tremendous. And this was about 21 years ago, and they started on the UNAM campus, and uh, then moved to HTS, that's where they met me, and the rest <laughs> is history, and uh, this weekend we had a wonderful time with our leadership team and with the Connect leaders, just getting tremendous impartation, especially concerning church planting and discipleship, how many of you know that some of you will be going to the nations to plant churches, just look at your neighbor and say, you are going, you are going,
1: You're going? you
0: are going to Sweden, <laughs>
1: Sweden. Sweden okay. <laughs> 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 hmm?
0: And so <laughs> this morning we really welcome her. She is apostolically together with her husband, covering our church in the region. and uh, she's part of the Johannesburg Exco overseeing nine churches in the Johannesburg region. And uh, she's got a great passion for healing and uh, and and the prophetic and uh, this is the office in which she operates she is in the office of the prophet and so we received tremendous tremendous impactful prophecies yesterday and so let's just uh, stand as we welcome her this morning thank you very much pastor Kate. thank you
1: chris Awesome. Awesome. So great to be with you. I do bring greetings from Joburg. Joburg is alive and well and kicking and doing some great things. We're expanding all over. We're preparing for church planting within Joburg and without Joburg. So not without Joburg, outside of Joburg, in Joburg and outside of Joburg. So we we commend you for just the faith and the vitality and the life that's in this church. Guys, you're just loving Jesus so well. Good job. Good job. I can see He's loving you well too. Look at the look at the blessings and the, this building and the children and just all the life and the, the good things that are happening in your lives. So it's so very, very great to be with you. Um, I want to talk to you today. We did a series in Johannesburg called facing giants and i want to share with you one of those sermons we did because i think it will be really really pertinent to you and i think that god has something specific that he wants to say to every individual here so we are going to to go on to that but before i do that i felt like while i was praying this morning that there's someone here at least one person that that you have been battling with some kind of a stomach ulcer or I don't know. I don't know anything about ulcers, but some kind of ulcer in your um, digestive tract. I, I would love to pray for you. Is there anyone here that's been battling with something like that? Is there anyone here who's been battling with something like that? Amen. So great, my friend. Um, can everyone around her just extend their hands to her? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just we just believe you for a miracle, Lord God. Father God, we speak to this digestive system and we see it say, be at peace, Lord God. Father God, I ask that she would she would find rest in you, Lord God. Any stress in her life, we just command that to go right now in Jesus' name. Just Father God, we speak peace peace to her body in every way. Lord God, I ask that all the pain would leave, that this ulcer would be healed, that her her digestive system would be restored to what it was meant to be, Lord God. How you designed it, Lord God. And Father God, in every way we ask that you would bless her life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Selma, I'm going to ask you, I know I didn't ask you before, but it's any way you could come and share your testimony about your, your healing. Can you do it quick? Fantastic. <laughs> you know, you know when you ask people to give testimonies, unless they've written it down, you just never know what you're going to get. But <laughs> Selma, I'm so, I'm so confident about. Okay. Uh, good morning, family.
0: Um, so August, early August this year, I went to the Apostolic Passion, and Pastor Carol came to teach, and she just gave a word of knowledge that if there's somebody who's been struggling with um, allergies, that God wants to heal them. And I had allergies for days. Like, I was almost allergic to everything that I should be eating. Um, <laughs> so then um, she prayed for me, and since that day, I've been eating all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. I live with a chef, <laughs> so I eat all sorts of things, and I've never had an allergic reaction since. So I'm really
1: it's not, it's not really about me praying, it's the fact that we have a God that defeated sin, death, disease, every every evil thing. We have a Jesus who made a way for us to live the kind of lives we've always dreamed of. He made a way for us to be the people that we were meant to be, that He He saw before He molded you together in His mother's, in your mother's womb. He, he saw you and we get to live that exciting dream because He made a way for us. Amen. There's nothing that can hold us back. So as we as we look at facing giants i just want to pray something before we start lord jesus i thank you that you are good and you are faithful that you that you never end lord god that there is there is goodness for days lord god there's goodness forever lord god that we there's ever increasing blessing in our lives lord god and i prophesy over every heart here lord god restoration life um Just a wholeness coming, Lord God, in places where they are facing giants, when they are facing enormous obstacles, impossible obstacles, Lord God. I just declare over these lives victory, victory, victory. That indeed you already you already have a victory, and God is leading you into that victory. Be strong and courageous. Hear the voice of the Lord. Rise up. Be strong. Be noble in your pursuit of Jesus, and you will see mountains move before you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we are going to be talking about what is about to be on your screen. Any moment now, there you go. We are talking from Zechariah 4, 6 to 10. And we are looking at the concept of winning by the Spirit. We're going to look at the temple, the test, and the triumph. I'm not sure if you know the story of the book of Zechariah but basically what had happened is that Israel had been taken captivity been taken into captivity in Babylon and they'd lived under a number of rulers and finally after they'd been there 70 years had read the prophecies of Jeremiah that they would could now return to their nation of Israel and rebuild their nation and so there was a particular king at that time who conformed to God's will and let them go out of their captivity, and they returned in small bands to Jerusalem and began to rebuild Jerusalem. You can read the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, that's the story of them rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And then, in the book of Zechariah, we read about one of the governors that was sent back. His name was Zerubbabel. All say that together, Zerubbabel. And if you, fantastic, did you bite your tongue? because that word just kind of, uh, your tongue gets in the way. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's a little bit of a tough word. But nonetheless, his name was Zerubbabel And he came back to Jerusalem with a small band of people. He was designated governor. He was of the lineage of the, the kings of Judah. So he had in his heart a, a desire to see a restoration of the, the glory and the nobility of the, the Israelite nation. And he was tasked with rebuilding the temple. So the wall was rebuilt under Nehemiah. The temple was rebuilt under Zerubbabel. But of course, when they came back, to start rebuilding there were people who were left in the land and some of them were a little bit jealous they thought what will we do if there's a strong israel we will we will lose our influence we will, we won't have as much as we had before so they kind of were opposing the rebuilding of jerusalem and you can read a lot about that in the book of nehemiah but these there was a lot of opposition and in addition The people were faced with this incredible task. Imagine coming back to a city in ruin. Imagine if um, Vintica had just been bombed and it was just completely laid waste. You had fled to the north. Come back. And there you were left with your homes, the roads, the infrastructure all destroyed. And there were like a quarter of the amount of you that had been before. And you were left with the enormous task of rebuilding. You know, there's a sense of discouragement. You look at all the stones lying around, you remember the glory of what was, and you think, how can we bring back what was there? So he was fighting enemies of, that were discouraging and sending terrible messages and trying to discourage the people. At the same time, he was battling against this, this sense of discouragement and being overwhelmed that was in the hearts of the people. And so he he began rebuilding, but it had kind of slowed down. The building had kind of slowed down. And the prophet Zechariah was sent to him to encourage him to say, you can do this. This is an important work. Don't stop. Keep going. And I guess the message, although many of us are not building temples, I hope you're not building a temple. (laughs) Because you know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't need temples today. But nonetheless... We may not be building temples, temples, but we're all building something. Something in your heart has resonated. The, the Spirit of the living God has spoken to you about a kind of life, a kind of family, a kind of infrastructure in your nation, maybe um, in your workplace. Something that you are building that you know reflects God's glory, and, and you are going after it, and you are longing to see it fulfilled. And the truth is, the enemy isn't going to just let that happen. That he's gonna that he's gonna try and discourage you. He's gonna try and stop the work. And so that same message that Zechariah came to Zerubbabel with is the same message that the Spirit of God is speaking into your heart today. Let's go ahead and read what that is. <laughs> Thank you. Did you change it or did I change it? Okay. So whenever I do that, you just change from now. You'll be you'll. <laughs> He'll be my remote. Is that good? Okay, so fantastic. Reading from verse 6, it says, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it, or grace, grace. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small beginnings? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Can we all just say grace, grace? Grace, With shouts of grace, grace, this thing was going to be accomplished. Zechariah stood before Zerubbabel and said, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. I have ordained you for this task. I have called you to this task, and therefore I will empower you to do it. Do not fear, do not step back, do not grow weary, for indeed I will do what you cannot do. You do what you can do, and I will do what you cannot do. <laughs> when, when we're looking at the temple, you know, I, I did some research about the temple. And, you know, we, we often just think of this magnificent building that was there in Jerusalem. But it, for the Jewish people, it was so much more than a building. So much more than a building. Because they had the promises of of the prophets that had gone before him, about what this temple would be. We read in Isaiah 2, Verse 2 and 3, it says, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways so that we may walk in His paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So for them, the temple wasn't just a place to worship God, although that was a great part of it. It was more than that. It was a, a symbol of the call to the nations to come to God, a call to the nations to know God. It was a place that that represented or showed the mission of God to reach every people group, to reach every nation, and that these nations would come streaming to the temple to learn of the ways of God, to learn of His laws, to learn of the way that He operated. And then they would be. It's sent back into their nations to establish the rule and reign of God. Israel was convinced of this, that from the beginning of time, God had one plan for this earth. God had one plan for this earth. And that is He he would raise up a people who would carry His presence, who would carry His glory, who would carry His majesty, who would understand his, His laws and His ways and His values. And then they would spread out to the ends of the earth. And as they spread out, they would bring the rule and reign and the majesty and the glory of God. And that the image of His presence would be displayed through them. And all of creation, all of creation would bow before that image, would bow before God, would bow for his glory and would serve him and that the whole of creation would be brought under the glorious, majestic rule of God. I want you to understand this, that God has no other plan. You know, I've often looked at the Old Testament and said, gosh, that's so different from the New Testament. It's almost like there's a different God in the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's like, gosh, he changed. But that's not true. From the beginning of time, God has had one mission. One mission. Is that the whole earth would be filled with his glory. And the whole earth would be filled with his glory, how? Through people carrying his image, taking dominion, ruling and reigning, loving above all else. Revealing His truth and His nature. Displaying His goodness and His power. Looking at the world around them and saying, does this look like God? Does this look like the way God wants it to be? No, let's change it. Let's make it look like we know God desires it to be. And mankind, mankind fell from that. That that was our mission far right from the beginning. Man was unable to follow it. Why? Because they said, instead of God being God, we'd like to be. We'd like to be in charge. We'd like our values everywhere. We would like people to bow to us, not to Jesus. And so God God chose a nation. He chose a man, Abraham, and he said, let's redo this mission through Abraham. Let's raise up a nation that will take my glory into the earth. And then they built this magnificent temple to be a place where, from which that could happen. Of course, the Israelite nation, you have the whole Old Testament to prove it, just kept on messing up. They kept on forgetting the mission. They kept on forgetting what they needed to do. They kept on running after the idols, marrying the wrong woman, eating the wrong food, doing the wrong stuff. I mean, it's just never ending. And poor, you know, now I read the Old Testament and Testament, go, oh, God, you were so long suffering. And time and time again, he had to come and tell him, no, remember the mission. It's not about you. It's about my glory. It's about my glory. And they would be drawn back to the mission, fall again, drawn back. And finally, I, 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 I know God planned to send Jesus anymore um, for right from the beginning. But, you know, I, I, I picture him going, oh, my word, nobody's going to do it. I'm just going to go and do it myself. It probably didn't really happen like that. He knew right along they weren't going to do it, and he planned to send Jesus because it talks about Jesus being crucified from the before the foundation of the earth. But Jesus came along, and what was he? He, he came as a man to reestablish the mission of God, to reestablish the mission to bring the glory of God over the whole. He came as man to defeat the enemy so that he could set you and me free from the captivity that we had sold ourselves into, that we had sold our, We We had said, uh, come worship us, devil. You can have whatever you like for my life, but just make me great. I'll worship money. I'll worship this. I'll worship that. And what had happened is that the devil had bound us, not because he's evil and mean, which he is, but because we let him. He'd taken nations captive, civilization captive, people captive, families captives, governments captive. And Jesus stood like the majestic, majestic Messiah that he is. And he said, devil, take me instead. That's what he said. He said, they deserve everything they're getting. They deserve all the sickness, all the disease all the destruction. But here, I'll make a deal with you. Let them go and take me. The devil thought it was quite a good deal. (laughs) So he said yes. (laughs) Of course we know that was the biggest mistake he ever made. And Jesus hung on the cross, taking every consequence of your sin. The devil threw everything at him. Every sickness, every disease, every destruction, every hatred, every pain, every heartache, every relational dysfunction, every broken family, every loneliness, every anger, every torment. And Jesus hung there and took it and said, it's worth it. Because I see her. I see him. It's worth it. And we stand free because he took our bondage. He defeated the enemy. There's no power. There's no evil. There's no sin that can hold us anymore. And he set a people free. Walked into hell, and the devil was celebrating, and he said, "Okay, find one bit of sin in me that you can hold me. I'm sure the devil looked. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he looked. And Jesus burst out of there in the resurrection saying, not only did I set the people free, but nothing can hold me because I indeed am God himself. And he worked, walked out of there saying these famous words from Ephesians, I'm setting the captives free. I'm leading them into victory. But Why? My friends, not just so that you can go and bow to the idol of busyness, bow to the idol of uh, materialism, bow to the idol of self-pleasure. He didn't set you free from that. He set you free so that you could carry the glory of God and continue the mission, that you could go into every place, into every society, into every workplace, into every industry, declaring the glory and the good news of Jesus Christ and making it look like heaven, Uh bringing the glory of God into every place. This is who we are and this is what we call to and this is the mission he's given us. From the moment he put you together, he put in your heart a desire for greatness. A desire for significance. What is that? That's the mission of God beating in your heart to say that I'm more than just a number. I'm more than just a person. I'm more than just someone sitting on a chair at church. I am a bringer of the good news. I am a glory carrier. I am a person who stands in the midst of hardships and brings his values, his ways, his truth, his nature. And it is established through me because I am on a mission. So this temple that they were called to rebuild was not just a building. You understand that it was a symbol of this gigantic, enormous mission of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. What does it say? You are the temple. This mission... This mission continues through you. This mission continues through you. But of course, this great mission that you have, you know, you look at your family and your heart beats with, gosh, we've got to get these people healed. We've got to get these people moving on in God, loving God, whole. You look at your workplace and you say, something's got to change. You look at your society and you say, something's got to change. And you stand there and you're thinking, gosh, we've got to do this. And yet, stuff happens. Challenges come. You feel overwhelmed. It says, where are you, o great, ma- o great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the top stones with shout of grace, grace too. Have you ever noticed that in trying to do what you feel like God has told you to do, there are some mountains ahead of you? And you know what I find about mountains is that mountains are one thing. But long before you get to the mountain, you are overshadowed by this giant shadow. And the lower the sun, the larger the shadow. It's like long before you even get to the difficulty, you're feeling the pain of it. And the scripture says, the way you get rid of mountains, the way they become a plain before you, is that you walk at them with shouts of grace, grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. In other words, we don't get what we deserve, we get what Jesus deserved. Grace is access, full access into His presence. That means that as we walk into that mountain, Jesus is walking towards that mountain. Is that Christ in us, the hope of glory? We have absolute access to all the power, the might, the wisdom of God. Grace is Christ in us. We don't deserve it, but we got it. So what are we going to do with it? Some years back in Vintook, Andrew and I came here to Vintook with less MPD support than we needed to pay in rent each month. Never do this. Okay, when you go and plant churches, raise your MPD fully before you go. But we didn't know that that we should do this. So we arrived here with less money than we needed to pay our rent. So what that meant is that every month we had to believe God for a miracle. We had to believe God for a miracle. And my children still, until they were like about 15 or so, when we prayed for the food at meals, would pray, Lord Jesus, thank you for this food. Please bring us our next meal. Because that's how we learned to pray. (laughs) And I remember one day, we had had no money in the bank account, and the food in the pantry was getting lower and lower, and it was getting to the place where we were going to have to start eating serviettes and stuff. So it it was quite desperate. And I remember I was praying one morning and I felt like God said to me, go buy food. You know, so that's the kind of uh, instruction that you just hear, okay. (laughs) So, so I got my shopping face on, put my handbag over my shoulder, went out, started walking out the house and Andrew, my husband, was sitting in the lounge with a whole lot of pastors that would come to our house and pray in the mornings. And they're all sitting there and I walk past him and Andrew says to me, where are you going? And I said, I'm going shopping. (laughs) You know, a lot of communication happens without words. You hear him and my eyes, they locked and we we were having a conversation. You know, like, what? Are you crazy? (laughs) Why are you getting the money? That's kind of what was happening. But it was silence as we just stood locked in each other's gaze. And then suddenly the one pastor sitting next to him pipes up, Oh, that reminds me, that reminds me. God told me to give you this money. I just forgot. Here you go, Carol. Put it in my handbag and said, Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Because we overcome mountains by walking forward in the instructions, God. With shouts of grace, grace to it. If God told you to do it, He will be there. He will make a way. He will make a way. With shouts of grace, grace to it. Amen. So there's something else I I feel like really gets us, and that's something I call stumbling in the starting blocks. You know, God gives you an instruction. He gives you something to do. And it's, you know, when, you, when it's just you and Him, it's fantastic. You know, it sounds majestic. Go and change the world. Become the CEO of a company. It's going to be glorious. You're going to influence the world. You're going to speak to kings. You're going to cause nations to be changed. And, you, you know, you just, uh, you're just loving it. It's like so great. you got a prophecy or God spoke to you in your quiet time or it's just a vision that's in your heart. And it sounds so glorious. And then you start doing it. You know what I'm saying? And you go to your first meeting and no one pitches. Or you look at your bank account and there's no money. Or everyone rejects your idea. Or your family laughs at you. And you know, it's like, there you are in the starting blocks, the gun goes off and you can't move. And everyone else is heading down the racetrack and you're like, I don't know what to do. Everything I thought would happen isn't happening. It's just, all I have is like, A thousand rand, and I'm supposed to start this business. You know, all I have is this idea and I don't know where to go with it. All I have is this teenager who won't listen to me. I mean, whatever. This is standing before those piles of stones, piles of rocks. I know I have to build this temple. It's going to be glorious. The word of the Lord is going to extend to the nations from here. But oh my word, how do I get those blocks on top of each other? And Zechariah, well, God through Zechariah says, "Who despises the day of small beginnings? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the land of hand of Zerubbabel." What is what was the plumb line? If you're a builder, you'll know what it is. The rest of us have to actually go and do some research and find out what it is. But literally, it's a string, and at the end of the string there is a a weight, and you you hold it up with the for the first like pillar or wall that you build to make sure that that wall is absolutely straight, and then you build everything else in that building in line with the one that was built according to that vertical line. And it means that your building is straight and all the corners meet at the right angles, etc. So in other words, it's like the blueprint, the start. The, if you get the start right, everything else works. And what Zachariah is saying to them Thank you, saying to Bell is that, you know, although it's hard to start, just pick that plumb line up. Because the world is looking for leaders. The world is looking for people who will say, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. I know we don't have everything we think we need, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to accomplish all that stuff, but I know what we are going to do now. We're going to put this brick on top of that brick. We're going to move this stone on top of that stone. We're going to do this little thing that we know how to do, and we're going to do it now. And the Bible says people will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Let me tell you, the people around you will rejoice when they hear the conviction in your voice. They will rejoice when they hear the assurance in your heart God is going to do it. They will rejoice with shouts of joy when they see someone stand up and say, no, we're not going to do it that old way. we go going God's way. we go going God's way. Hebrews 10 says this, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. The only way to fail in the kingdom of God is to give up. God is that committed to your success. In fact, He's more committed to your success than you even are. Let's look at And how this whole thing ends. (laughs) Verse 8 and 9. This is the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. There is a triumph on the way that is so great for you. I want to share this testimony and maybe it's, it's a way of me showing you a progressive story because the first story I shared with you kind of was like an instant victory. Not all victories come instantly. When my oldest son was about five or six, I noticed that he wasn't learning quite the same way as other people were, other children were. And so I t- took him to, ha- to ha- be ex- assessed and they came back to me and said he has very severe learning disabilities. It's unlikely that he will be able to be, go to normal school. So we tried him in normal school. It didn't work. Ended up, I, I here yeah, in Ventura homeschooled him. And I had, I have one sister who's a remedial teacher and one sister who's a grade zero through grade three teacher. So I had, I had the best instructions. You know, they told me how to teach a child to read. I mean, I, I, I used every single method of teaching someone to read, and then the other one as well. You know, I just. I mean, we did it in every possible way. And Dave is six, seven, eight, and he still can't read. And he's working so hard, and he's trying so hard, and still he can't read, nine, ten, eleven years old, and he starts getting it, but it's like it's not so great. And I'm seeing this mountain and the shadows coming over me and the shadows telling me this boy is going to clean toilets for a living. You know, what else can he do? You know, this, this is never going to work. This is where we're we going with this, how the house is going to be. You know, I'm thinking I'm a failure, he's a failure, God's a failure, everyone's a failure. i just walking at this mountain and yet in my heart I'm just hearing the Spirit of God say, don't stop, don't stop. With shouts of grace, grace to it, I'm just walking at this mountain, remembering God's promises that though you walk through the shadow of the valley of death, fear no evil, for I am with you. I will prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. I'm I'm walking and we're rejoicing and we're laughing and we're loving, and yet this mountain just keeps coming. And I'm like, God, what are you going to do about this mountain? How are we going to change this? And I I just keep walking, loving my family, teaching him another way, do it another way, learn another way, jump on a trampoline and learn. You know, I mean, we did it all, guys. I invented ways to teach children to read. And then slowly I notice he's improving a little bit and he's getting better and he's getting better. And we move back to Joburg and I decide, let's let's try him in a new school. We put him in a school, and the headmistress calls me and after three months and says, This boy will never pass him a trick. You need to make another plan. And I you know, you know, she was a very nice lady, but at that moment she was the devil to me. <laughs> <laughs> I looked her in the eye and I said, No, he will stay. And he will pass. Why? Because I was looking at that mountain with shouts of grace, grace to it. I'm getting what I don't deserve. I have a God with me. He has a God with him. And God determines the outcome, not you. Thank you so much, but my son will stay. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, oh, that's interesting. Let's just try again. <laughs> but that's what was happening in my heart. So he, he keeps on going. And you know, he's learned to work hard. That's one thing Dave knew how to do work hard. Gets to Matric and he passes with the university entrance. I mean, I'm like walking oh. past that headmistress with the certificate, you know. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Finishes his bachelor's degree with the highest marks for physics. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Finishes his honours, listen to this, with the highest marks in the entire science faculty. I mean, where's that headmistress now? I wanted to invite her to his graduation, you know, I'm like, I'll pay, you just come. His, His master's project was published in a US physics journal, quite a famous US physics journal. And he's busy with his PhD now. And I want to go and say to him, Dave, now you can read. We all get it. You could stop. You could stop studying. You could stop. It's done. We got it. But I don't know when the mountain moved, guys. Really, I don't know when the mountain moves. All I know is that when I kept walking, shouting with shouts of grace, grace to it, with shouts of grace, grace to it, suddenly it wasn't there. And I don't know exactly when it moved. I don't know if it went down by degree or suddenly it was gone in one day. But the next thing, we're walking over the place where the mountain was supposed to be, and I'm just sitting at graduation after graduation after graduation. (laughs) Guys, because this is the God we serve. If He's called you, He will back you. If He's given you a mission, He will be there. Your job is to obey. His job is to empower. With shouts of grace, grace to it. Philippians 1, 4-6, in all my prayers for all all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If he said it, he will do it. The only way you can fail is to give up. Just keep walking. Face the mountains. Face the shadows. Face your difficulties with shouts of grace, grace, and don't stop. Do the step that you know right in front of you, and then do the next one, and do the next one, and do the next one. And I don't know when that mountain will move, but I promise you, it will move. The truth is, it probably wasn't there anyway. (laughs) Most of these mountains are in our imagination, and in the fears that the enemy throws at us. God is able In conclusion, you have been chosen to bring a message that creation has been waiting for. You have been chosen to do a work that cannot be stopped. You have been chosen to carry God's power to change the world. Amen and amen. God bless you. What time does this service end? (laughs) Have I got 10 minutes? Oh my word. We can do some stuff. I can fit a lot into 10 minutes. Lord, I just pray for everyone here that your, your grace and your presence would be on them. If you're facing some kind of a mountain, some kind of a difficulty, can you just raise your hands? I want to pray for a, for an, a, a flood of God's presence, the flood, flood of His grace, the ability to do what you could not do before, His power inside of you to make you strong and courageous when you don't feel like it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every person here. Oh God, I'm so delighted they're facing mountains because that means you're using them to change the world. If they weren't facing anything, it would be a sad day. And Lord God, right now I speak to every soul here and I say be strong, be courageous, hear the word of the Lord, rise up, receive the strength of your King, hear the word of the Lord to you. Nothing will stand between you and victory. Keep walking, keep going, don't stop. God will be there. God will be there. God will be there. Lord God, right now, I speak to these hearts and I say, be filled with your presence. Holy Spirit, you come and fill them. There he is. Just receive that. You'll just feel like a, some, some kind of warmth in your heart or peace in your heart, maybe even an excitement. Just receive that. Just relax and let it happen. That's God filling you. It's, just not a, it's not just a psychological feeling. It's a physical reality. God filling you with his presence so that you can do more than you could do before. Giving you wisdom beyond your years and experience. Giving you strength beyond your ability. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill them again. There he goes. There's some more of his presence. Just receive that. Thank you, Lord. 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 Amen and amen. Ma'am in the pink shirt. What's your name? Claudia. I just hear the Lord saying that um, I'm not entirely sure what work you do, but there's a, there's a deep frustration in there that, that what you thought it would be, it hasn't turned out to be. And what you were hoping for, it hasn't, it hasn't fully realized. And still you press on. But I hear the Lord saying, my, my daughter, I have planted you there. And I have established you there. And I need you up as a person of influence in that place. For you are, you are not there by accident. You are there because of my design. You are there because I have, I have led you toward a family that you have not even asked for. I am going to give you. I just see. Um, I'm not sure if you know what a word of wisdom is, but I see words of wisdom coming to you, and those are just revelations, just like supernaturally knowing things you did not know before with no, no reason. It's like you don't know it because you studied it. You just know it because suddenly it seems obvious. And I feel like God is giving you those words of wisdom, those supernatural downloads, packets of His wisdom that are going to astound the people around you. I hear Him saying, do not draw, draw back, do not step to the side, for indeed I have called you and I will empower you and I will make a way for you. I see a, a promotion coming to you in the next um, while and I hear, I hear the Lord saying, I'm, I'm not going to only raise you up as an influencer within that business, but I'm going to um, raise you up as an influencer to your industry through that business. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sir, in the blue shirt at the what's your name? Yarpy. Fantastic. I feel like a name like that, you should play rugby, but. um, (laughs) Look more like you're a soccer man than you're a rugby man. Oh, you'll just do anything. As long as you win. (laughs) Lord, what are you saying for Yarpy? Yarpy, I hear him saying that. Um. That he's not ashamed to call you son. That in fact he's displaying you. With people, he's he's actually allowing people to see your goodness, to see his goodness and his grace through you. I see. Um, what work do you do, Yopi? I I just see a a plan that has been on your heart for a long time. You've often you've often you've heard about. How using your, your work in order to do things for God. And you've, you've often thought about, how do I do that? But I, but I hear the Lord saying, there's been a plan brewing in your heart, and He's about to give more detail to that plan. He's about to show you how to put that plan together. And in the next, um, it's about 18 months, but in the next while, it's more than a year's time, um, God's going to start adding people to you, like friends and colleagues that that have a similar vision, that God's also kind of speaking that plan to them. And he, He's about to bring together a team of world changers, a team of investors and a team of people who see a, a way of breaking through for the kingdom of God into some areas of poverty in this nation. And I hear the Lord saying that He's going to use you to spearhead His plans. I just see um, something involving schools Something involving education that God is going to use you to influence that sphere of society with a financial kind of investment plan that will transform many lives. I I, I see the the Lord almost looking down a generation to a generation not born yet. And I hear I already hear him listening to the cries of that generation who are born into poverty and are born into hopelessness. And I hear him saying, I will prepare a plan to take care of them. And I hear him saying, Yapi, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to rescue a generation from a place of poverty that they can't rescue themselves from. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And in closing, I just love us to just close our eyes If you wouldn't mind. I feel that there are some people here that. You may have been coming to church for a long time. Or maybe this is your first time in church. Or maybe this is the first time back at church after a long time. And I hear. speaking to you. And in your heart, what that feels like, is it feels like your heart's just beating right now. In your heart, you're feeling like, you know, I hope she doesn't see who I really am, or I hope, I hope God accepts me, and I, I'm not sure, but I want my life to count, but I know that the way I've been living up to this point means that my life hasn't really counted. And I want, to, I want to surrender my life to God's plan for me. I want to turn away from living my life under my own direction with me in charge. And I want Jesus in charge so that I can be part of this great mission to change the world, to bring his kingdom. And if that's you and you would like to make that kind of change, you would like to say, God, I step off the throne of my life and I make you Lord of all. I accept the work done by Jesus and I acknowledge that it's not my efforts that are going to make this happen, but it's his effort. And if that's you and you'd like to make that change, I'd love you to just raise your hand where you are because I would like to pray with you. Is there anyone who would like to do that? Awesome. Two in the back there, three and four in the back there. Thank you. Anyone else that would like to make that commitment? awesome. Church, can we just pray this all together? Those of you who raised your hands, just follow after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you, and I turn away from my old way of living. Lord, I surrender my right to lead myself, and I look to you, and I ask that you would become my Lord and my Savior. Lord I repent and turn away from running my life my way. And I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.